What's up, everyone, and welcome back to new release reactions here on Cinematic Reviews. As always, I'm your host, Chris, and this is the show about all things movie and TV. Every week, I get my thoughts and reactions to the newest releases like Creed 3 and The Mandalorian Season 3, beloved franchises like Star Wars and even upcoming projects. You can support the show by giving it a rating slash review on your favorite podcast service, as well as following the show on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find all those handles on the Cinematic Reviews Facebook page or the show's website at podpage.com slash cinematic reviews it helps out the show a lot and i really do appreciate all the love and support out there from everyone i have an awesome show for you today i've honestly been looking forward to this week's reaction episode for a while now and it's finally time to talk about creed 3 and the premiere episode of the mandalorian season 3 but before we get into those let's head over to the new release report welcome back everyone to the new release report on hbo max house party is now streaming this is the film that centers around two friends throwing a party at lebron james's house the last of us is streaming now new episodes air every sunday night uh the finale is coming up this sunday actually uh so check that out and if you haven't seen the show at all go back and watch the first episodes of season one and then season four of succession will premiere on march 26 over on disney plus the mandalorian season three is out now uh new episodes will drop every wednesday and i will talk about that premiere episode in just a few moments the bad bad season two is also going on right now and new episodes will drop every wednesday as well Voices Rising, the music of Wakanda Forever is a deep dive into how the music of Black Panther Wakanda Forever was put together. On Apple TV Plus, Shrinking, starring Jason Segel and Harrison Ford, is streaming now. New episodes come out every Friday. Ted Lasso Season 3 will premiere on March 15th. And Tetris, which is the movie behind the popular game, starring Taryn Egerton, will premiere on March 31st. On Peacock, Megan is now streaming both the theatrical and unrated versions. Uh, check out the new release reaction episode on that on Cinematic Reviews. On Netflix, We Have a Ghost starring Anthony Mackie and David Harbour are now streaming. This is the film uh, centered around Anthony Mackie's family uh, being, uh, I guess, quote unquote, haunted by David Harbour, who is a silent ghost. And then Luther, The Fallen Son, will drop on March 10th. This, of course, is a sequel series uh, from the popular Luther uh, BBC show, which stars Idris Elba. On digital stores, The Whale, starring Brendan Fraser, is out now to own. Plane, starring Gerard Butler. Magic Mike's Last Dance. A Man Called Otto, starring Tom Hanks. Knock at the Cabin. And Puss in Boots, The Last Witch. These are all on digital digital stores so go out and buy those in theaters we have creed 3 which i'll be talking about in a short moment as well ant-man and the wasp quantumania avatar the way of water cocaine bear uh check out the new release reaction episode on that as well and jesus revolution looking ahead we have scream 6 uh coming out march 10th 
Champions, starring Woody Harrelson, will be coming out this weekend as well, along with 65, which stars Adam Driver. Inside, starring Wilhelm Dafoe and Shazam! Fury of the Gods will both be hitting theaters March 17th. John Wick Chapter 4 will arrive on March 24th. And Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, will hit theaters on March 31st. Well, that was the new release report. Uh, let's take a quick break before diving into Creed 3. If you haven't seen the film, uh, now would be a good time to pause the episode because I will be spoiling it if you haven't seen. Uh, so hop up right now, go out to your closest theater and check out Creed 3. Um, I'm a huge supporter of theaters, so I always recommend you see the films I react to in theaters at least once. Uh, so go out and support this film. Feel free to come back, though, to this episode once you've seen it and hear my thoughts on it. Check out the Game of Thrones season going on right now. Every week I break down five episodes of the hit HBO series, which is based on the acclaimed novels by George R.R. Martin. This week I'll be breaking down episodes 6 through 10 of season 4. You can also check out my breakdowns of seasons 1, 2, 3, and part 1 of season 4 today on your favorite podcast service. So join me as I travel through Westeros, during the Game of Thrones season, only on Cinematic Reviews. Creed 3 was released in theaters on March 3rd. It stars Michael B. Jordan and Tessa Thompson once again as Adonis and Bianca Creed, along with Jonathan Majors joining the franchise as Damian Anderson. It was directed by Michael B. Jordan, making his directorial debut. This is the first film in the Rocky slash Creed franchise that will not have Celestial Stallone returning as the iconic character Rocky Balboa. Lewis Goranson, who composed the first two Creed films, did not return to compose the score of Creed 3 due to scheduling conflicts, so Joseph Shirley instead composed the film. In the film, Damian Anderson is a couple of years older than Adonis Creed, but in real life, Jordan is actually two years older than Majors. Creed 3 is the newest chapter in the Rocky franchise. Now I want to get uh, the elephant in the room uh, out of the way. Yes, Sylvester Stallone, aka Rocky Balboa, is not in this Creed sequel. For those that don't know, this is all this all started with the first Rocky film. Stallone basically sold the rights of Rocky away because he simply needed money at the time. This means that he has very, very little control over future projects like Creed 3, for instance. Since he had creative differences with producers along with Michael B. Jordan, uh, who sits in the director's chair this time around, he decided to part ways from the franchise. Stallone has been very vocal about this whole situation, mainly towards producer Erwin Wrinkler. Uh, with the Drago spinoff being announced without Stallone knowing, it infuriated him so much that he parted ways with the franchise. Stallone has stated that he would love to return to the franchise if Winkler isn't a part of it. Uh, long story short, there is a war between Stallone and Winkler uh, right now, which caused Rocky to not be in Creed 3. This, however, doesn't change how I feel about Creed 3 at all. I absolutely love Creed 3. Michael B. Jordan did an incredible job as first-time director. It, it had a lot of heart, a compelling story, and some really awesome boxing choreography. This time around, a couple of the matches included slow-mo, which I'm a sucker for. Uh, I believe slow motion is one of the greatest tools in film making because it allows the audience to greater understand the action sequence going on. It's also a great way to 
initiate emotion out of the audience. It's an awesome wow factor in action movies. I thought it was a really, really smart choice to include it. A Creed sequel needs to continue the heartfelt story of the franchise as well uh, as doing something new. Uh, Creed 3 does this starting with the slow motion. As I said, uh, the Damian Anderson uh, antagonist was also a great addition to the franchise. Jonathan Majors was incredible as Dame, uh, who is a long forgotten friend of Adonis Creed, uh, a.k.a. Michael B. Jordan's character. They had this brother-like bond that was torn apart when Dame was sent to prison for nearly two decades. Uh, in Creed 3, he's back home and seeking the championship belt. Now, Adonis is retired. Um, the film opens up with this intense final match uh, between Adonis and Creed 1's antagonist, Ricky Conlon. Uh, it was a great way to start the film. I love it when franchises bring back previous characters, um, which Creed 3 does a couple of times throughout the film. Uh, so Dame has to take the belt from the current champ, Felix Chavez. Uh, right off the bat, you get the feeling that Dame is up to something. Uh, he wants that belt and will do whatever he has to in order to get it. Um, even if that means injuring Chavez's opponent, Victor Drago from Creed 2, uh, the son of Ivan Drago from uh, Rocky IV. It was awesome to see him back uh, and actually being friends with Adonis. Uh, I was not expecting that little subplot there. Um, in order to save the match, Adonis arranges to have Dame fight Chavez while Drago's hand heals up. I believe the timetable was like six months. So, I mean, that's a long time uh, for a match to get stretched out. So Adonis was kind of had his hands tied. So he brought up Damien's name. The fight between uh, Dame and Chavez was really, really incredible. Uh, Majors is so intense throughout that whole fight. I, I can't praise him enough uh, in that match and then throughout the entire film. Uh, after seeing him and Loki and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, I have season tickets for Jonathan Majors. I will see him in anything that he does. I think he's one of the greatest actors working at Hollywood right now, and his performance in Creed 3 only cements that more. So Dame kind of cheats during this fight uh, by smashing his knee into Chavez's knee, which was brutal, and then swiping his elbow against Chavez's face as well. That was a really cool way to include that slow motion I was talking about because you really get to see every shot of that uh, arm movement. It was really, really cool how Michael B. Jordan was able to bring that to life. Dame then knocks Chavez uh, out uh, with one of the hardest punches that we've seen in this franchise so far. It it was insane. This creates an even bigger rift between him and Adonis, which then leads to a fight between them, which we all kind of figured was going to happen at some point uh, if you've seen the trailers. We get an awesome workout montage leading up to the fight, uh, which is great. I mean, the Rocky movies and the, the previous two Creed films are only as good as their montage sequences, and, and this one was awesome. I mean, we get... Adonis dragging that that uh that plane uh it was it was nuts uh so Adonis is training for the first time since retiring I think the timetable was three years he hasn't really uh been foot uh, step foot in the ring or trained at all he's been kind of stepped into the the manager role uh, of the boxing world and then Dame is pushing his body to the limit at the same time it was it was awesome how they were doing shot for shot uh, on Majors and Jordan throughout that whole sequence. I absolutely loved it. It was really, really well done. 
we also get Adonis training with Drago once he is uh, his hand is all healed up. That was awesome to see. Um, if I had a really, I just watched Rocky films before going to this in theaters, so I really got um, Apollo training Rocky vibes from this. So that was a great uh, little parallel there from the Rocky films. Jordan and Majors got completely ripped for this film. I, I can't imagine the intense workout and discipline that they had to, to had to do off camera in order to achieve this level of physical perfection. It hats off to the both of them. That that was incredible to see how just cut that they were in this film. So then we have um, the fight. The fight at the end is is just freaking incredible as well. They they throw punches back and forth uh, at each other, leaving the audience wondering who will win this fight. Um, at times, it seemed like Majors would take this fight, and at other moments, it looked like as though Adonis would reclaim his title as champ. I honestly would have been fine with either outcome. Uh, we've seen Adonis lose and win in previous films, so it wouldn't have been too surprising to see the film end with Majors winning. Uh, but Adonis ends up coming out on top by way of a knockout, and it was a brutal knockout. Uh, Majors got destroyed with Jordan's final punch. It, it was awesome to see in theaters. Now I want to finally take a few moments to talk about Jordan, a.k.a. Adonis Creed, because I feel like I haven't had a chance to really emphasize how much I love Michael B. Jordan in this film, along with the other two creeds. Jordan was outstanding in this film as both star and director. I, I have no negatives to give him, only positives. I love the Adonis Creed character, and it's all because of Jordan. The first two Creed films are my favorite of the Rocky franchise, and a lot of it is because of Michael B. Jordan's incredible performance in them as Adonis Creed. I also have season tickets for him. I've seen everything he has been over the years, uh, even his Amazon Prime film, Without Remorse, which came out a couple years ago. He was great in that as well. I highly recommend it if you're a Michael B. Jordan fan. I love the emotional struggle that Adonis deals with throughout Creed 3 as well. He, he battles through massive amounts of guilt and betrayal. He, he even loses his mother at some point. Adonis crying at his mother's bedside was, was really heartbreaking. Jordan was incredible in that scene. I also loved his scenes with Tessa Thompson's Bianca and their daughter Amara. Jordan has awesome chemistry with the both of them. Him teaching Amara in the gym was incredible, and their fake fight at the end of the film was very, very heartwarming. Amara is a is a deaf character, which added a very, very unique element to the film. Uh, the use of sign language throughout the film was awesome. I I loved it. I've slowly been learning it myself, so it's nice to see it in more and more films. Signing, unfortunately, isn't a very podcast-friendly thing to do, so I won't be able to do any of that on the show today. Uh, but I highly recommend everyone learning some sign language, though. I don't know if it's just me, but I really got this feeling that they might be setting up Amara Creed to kind of take over the franchise once Michael B. Jordan kind of ages out. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, say, Creed 4 is the end, and then they switch over to Amara, and then she does her... Um, maybe three films. Uh, I could really see her being the future of this franchise, which, which would be awesome. She is, she's a very, very lovable character. So, and I, and this sounds like this third Creed film is getting a lot of praise uh, from audiences and critics. So I got to imagine that Creed four will be coming uh, sooner rather than later. Um, if that does end up being the final film, 
Uh, we could see some kind of time jump maybe uh, to where Amara is in her upper teens. Uh, maybe she's training in her father's gym. Uh, maybe she's even competing in a few matches. But I, could, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they end Creed with the fourth film and then switch over to Amara having her kind of own story there. That would be, that would be really awesome. Uh, I love this franchise and I would love to see them continue uh, the legacy of Rocky and Creed through Amara. So like I keep saying, Creed three is an incredible film because of the performances, the fights, the relationship between Adonis and his family, his relationship with Jonathan Majors character and the use of sign language. Of course. I mean, you, you do feel Rocky's, Missing in the film, though, no, we we only get like one reference a Rocky. That was it. Uh, otherwise, he was basically wiped from the film, which I totally understand. Uh, at the end of Creed two, he reunites with his son Robert. Um, if you remember him, he was Robert was a big centerpiece in Rocky five, and then I believe he pop, pops up in Rocky Balboa as well. Um, so we really didn't need to to have Rocky come back. Um, he had his time on screen. Uh, he was in the first two Creed films. He had six films of his own. It's Adonis's time now. Audiences need to be with Adonis for a while. Rocky can come back in Creed 4 if they even do a Creed 5. Or if they do Amara's story, they could have Rocky come back in some kind of cameo fashion. He doesn't need to be in all the films. Otherwise, it, it should just be titled Creed and Rocky. I mean, it's a Creed film. It should be Adonis at the center. It kind of felt like... Um, Rocky was kind of overpowering a little bit in the first two creeds. So it's it's nice to finally get a, a film where it's just Adonis in it. Creed 3, however, is still a five-star film for me. Um, all three creeds are, are five stars in my eyes. Um, just outstanding, outstanding films. It's one of my favorite uh, trilogies now uh, ever in cinema history. So... Uh, let's pull up the Rocky rankings, and I will rank Rocky uh, Creed three against the rest of the Rocky slash Creed franchise. Um, very, very excited for this. This is going to be very tough because, like I said, I love the first two Rocky films. Uh, but I think I have an idea of where I want to put it. But let's uh, get through these rankings first. So... At number one, actually, we're going to go from the bottom up. I believe there's eight films. Yep, there's eight films. So at number eight, we have Rocky Five. Terrible, terrible movie. I did not enjoy that. It's actually the only Rocky Creed movie that I had to do in multiple settings. Because it just was not vibing with the story. At number seven, we have Rocky. Number six, Rocky Balboa. Five, Rocky three, four, Rocky two, uh, three, Rocky four, which is my favorite of all the Rockies. Uh, love the love the fight between him and Drago. Well, we also get the death of Apollo Creed in that one, which is very very heartbreaking. Carl Weathers is is phenomenal as Apollo Creed in those movies. Then at number two we have the first Creed, and then at number one we have Creed two. Um, it's Creed three is definitely. In the top five, I think I'd put it over Rocky three, Rocky two. It's I gotta go over Rocky four, even though I love Rocky four. Now the big question is, where does it stack up against Creed and Creed two? 
Oh, this is very, very tough. I think I like it better than the first Creed, just because Jonathan Majors is phenomenal in there. Um, not that Ricky Conlon wasn't a terrible antagonist. He was very, very good. But we also get the Victor Drago antagonist in Creed 2, which was awesome, seeing the Drago family back in the franchise since Rocky Four. I think I'm going to put it at number one. And for a couple of reasons. Like I said, Jonathan Majors is incredible in this film. I think he's the best antagonist of the franchise. We get that montage, which was awesome. We get Michael B. Jordan dragging that plane was such an incredible shot. It's probably one of my favorite shots I've ever seen in a long time. And I mean, we also get the father-daughter relationship between him and Amara, which is beautiful. It, it, Michael B. Jordan did such a phenomenal job in this film. So I think I'm going to put Creed 3 at number one in the Rocky rankings. Which is very, very surprising because I absolutely love Creed 2. But I think I think I got to put Creed 3 up there. So the new number one of the Rocky rankings is Creed 3 followed by Creed 2, Creed 1, Rocky 4, Rocky 2, Rocky 3, Rocky Balboa, Rocky 1. And then at number, now at number 9 is Rocky 5. Let's take another quick break before switching over to The Mandalorian Season 3 premiere. Uh, this will also be a full spoiler reaction. So if you haven't watched the premiere episode yet, pause the show now uh, if you don't want it spoiled. Again, feel free to come back to the show once you've watched the episode. If you don't mind spoilers, sit tight for a few moments. We're going to take a quick break and then talk about The Mandalorian. Season 3 of The Mandalorian premiered on March 1st on Disney+. Plus. It will consist of 8 episodes, just like the two previous seasons did. Uh, it stars Pedro Pascal returning as Din Djarin, a.k.a. Mando, alongside Grogu. The Mandalorian is back, and it is incredible. Jon Favreau once again delivers a Star Wars experience like no other. I've been seeing a lot of reviews on the premiere episode of Season 3, and my favorite headline by far is, The premiere episode of Season 3 is better than all three sequel movies combined. If you've listened to the Star Wars season that I did last year on the show, then you already know how much I disliked the sequel trilogy. I 100% agree with that headline. The Mandalorian corner of the Star Wars universe is Star Wars right now. Disney's sequel trilogy had beautiful visuals. I won't deny it of that, but it lacked substance. The Mandalorian is the best of both those worlds. It, it has incredible shots along with an incredibly written story. Season 1 was about a bounty hunter protecting a child. Season 2 was about a Mandalorian helping a Jedi find his people. Now Season 3 is about a father trying to atone for putting his son first. The premiere episode, which was titled The Apostate, was absolutely awesome. It, it had heart, action, humor, and more heart. I, I love the father-son relationship between Din Djarin, a.k.a. Mando, and Grogu. The last we saw Mando and Grogu was during the Book of Boba Fett series. Mando was training with the Darksaber before being exiled from the clan for taking his helmet off at the end of Season 2 of The Mandalorian, where we got that very, very touching moment of Mando saying goodbye to Grogu as he was going away with Luke to train. Now, Season 3 begins with Mando searching for a way to atone for his transgression, as he calls it. The only way that he can be forgiven is to bathe in the pools beneath the Mandalore, which was destroyed during the famous Purge. 
I love how the episode opens with the armorer forging a helmet for a young Mandalorian who's taking his vows. We finally get to see what exactly happens when a child of Mandalore takes their vows. The ceremony was interrupted, though, by this giant alligator-looking monster that came out of the water. The other Mandalorians, including the armorer herself, jump into action and battle the monster. It was really, really well done. You, you, you had some of the Mandalorians flying around shooting it. Uh, while the others tried to tie it down with their little wire shooters. It was a crazy fight. Really, really well done. Mando comes in to save the day, though, with his slick-looking modified Naboo Starfighter. Uh, then we head over to Navarro to see what Carl Weathers is up to. Uh, Grief Karga is now High Magistrate of Navarro. Not Magistrate, High Magistrate. He likes to remind everyone, including the audience, of his title. Navarro is, is thriving under his leadership. Uh, I love little Grogu floating in his little ball, looking around nervously at the different creatures. The animatronics were once again incredible when it came to Grogu. The, the little guy is so adorable. That scene where Grogu uses the force to, to spin himself around in the chair and grab the little red M&M was so good. Um, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. Navarro isn't as peaceful as we originally thought, though. Uh, pirates have arrived and they're not so very pleasant. Uh, Cargo and Mando don't put up with their, their crap, though. They immediately blast them all, except for Vane, who is, seems to be the leader, of the, the leader of that little small group of pirates. Uh, this, se this sequence was very, very short, but really, really well done. I, I love all the blaster choreography in this. The costume as well and the, and the makeup effects were really, really well done also. Every season just blows me away. Uh, hats off to the makeup and costume departments of the show. I mean, Carl Weathers wears a cape so long that little rolling joints had to hold it up for him every time he walked. It, it was great. Uh, IG-11 also makes an appearance. Uh, Mando needs a droid to help him navigate through the ruins of Mandalore. So who other than IG-11 could help him? Uh, we get a crazy sequence where IG-11 comes back online, but defaults to his original mission, which was to kill the child. Uh, it was a really, really awesome action sequence with IG crawling around the floor with Mando shooting at him. Uh, once IG-11 is back offline, though, they, they take him to get repaired. And, of course, who else to repair him than Anzellans? You probably remember Bobby Frick from Rise of Skywalker. He's an Anzellan. Uh, now, the episode didn't specifically say Bobby Frick uh, was one of the guys in the the shop. But I got to assume that the that Bobby Frick is, is in the shop. I, I got to imagine that he's the one that is uh, speaking to Mando about ig-11's repairs that was a pretty cool connection though to the sequel trilogy even though i'm not a huge fan of those films i love seeing franchises like this get connected uh through characters then bandu and grogu set out to find a memory chip for ig-11 uh because the anzellans can't fix the ig unit without the memory chip um they immediately run into more pirates once they leave navarro uh again led by vane that was an awesome dogfight sequence through an asteroid field. Uh, Mando wipes them out pretty easily, though. Uh, awesome choreography and special effects, uh, the way that he was moving around those asteroids in his slick-looking fighter. Uh, the episode then ends with Mando and Grogu arriving on Kavala, uh, a planet in the Mandalorian system. Uh, this is where Bo-Katan has been hanging out since the events of Season 2. Uh Awesome to see Katie Sackhoff return as Bo-Katan. I love her in this character, so I hope we get more of her in Season 3. Uh, she's been chilling out in her castle alone because her forces left her 
when she was unable to retrieve the dark saber, um, which Mando has. I love this scene with her and Mando. There's definitely some serious tension between the two characters. Um, I could see them really, really fighting uh, each other for the dark saber later on this season. I, at least I'm hoping that would be an awesome fight to see. So I absolutely love this episode. Like I keep saying, I, I'm pretty sure uh, we're going to get that, that showdown between Mando and Bo-Katan. Um, I can't imagine her letting that go. I'm sure we'll be getting a return of Moff Gidding as well. Uh, if you remember, Carlo Esposito played him in the previous two seasons. Um, apparently, he's being presented to a new high Republican tribunal for his crimes. Uh, so I'm sure we're going to see him at some point. Not sure if Cara Dune will return. Uh, we had a throwaway line from Carl Weathers about her being recruited by some special forces group after she uh, arrested uh, Moff Gideon. Um, if you've been following the headlines, uh, Cara Dune is played by Gina Carano. Uh, her and Disney had a falling out uh, over some of her social media posts. I doubt she'll be making an appearance in this season um, if her and Disney do reconcile their differences. Uh, I think there's a chance that she could pop up in season four, which, according to John Favreau, has already been written. Uh, so that's very, very exciting. I wouldn't be surprised if season three ended on a cliffhanger. Uh, I would love to see more Rebels and Clone Wars connections through the season. Um, we got an awesome shot of the space whales from the Rebels, if you've seen that animated series, uh, when Mando and Grogu were in hyperspace. I love when Grogu comes up underneath Mando's arms and, and cuddles with him after seeing him. It was a very, very cute father-son moment. Cinematic reviews will return to The Mandalorian uh, Season 3 for the finale reaction episode. Uh, with there being eight episodes again this season, that reaction episode will probably drop sometime in April. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, that's when I'll rank Season 3 against the rest of the Star Wars universe as well. Right now, Season 2 is uh, sitting at number one on that ranking list. I'm very, very curious to see if Season 3 takes that spot. Uh I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised because I'm super excited for the rest of season three. It, it it's one of my favorite shows of all time, uh, and I just I'm I'm so glad that the Mandalorian is back. You can watch the new episodes of season three every Wednesday exclusively on Disney Plus, as well as the previous two seasons, and then the Book of Boba Fett, which is also on there. Uh, I believe Ahsoka is coming uh, later this year as well, so we have plenty of Star Wars to satisfy our needs this year. Well, that'll do it for this week's double feature new release reaction episode. Tune in next week for my reaction on the next chapter of the Scream franchise with Scream 6, which hits theaters March 10th. Also, check out the Game of Thrones season going on right now. Later this week, I'll be breaking down episodes 6 through 10 of season 4. Until then, always remember, this is the way. Thank you.